Daddy's back. High resolution color graphics. This land of high technology. The revolution in technology that made the information age possible. Those kids are not afraid of computers. It's our 100th episode. But can it play Flight Sim version 1? And some hair care advice from four bald men. Oh, there's some more coming up on this week's show. It's This Week in Retro. Up-to-date news for out-of-date tech. We made it, guys. It's show number 100. And yes, Daddy's back. <laughs> we've got we've got John with us today. Welcome, John, to complete Hello. the... I'm so happy to be here, fellas. Who it's else could be having one for you? It had to it's... be you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, we are going to dedicate a section of the show to the fact that it's our 100th show today, going all the way back to the start uh, and those origins with John and um, where we've what we've been doing ever since. And um, before we do that, a bit of housekeeping. Dave's uh, weekly housekeeping that everyone looks forward to will be coming up. I've got a few things to mention. The first is the uh, the Cave Charity Calendar for 2023 is now available to buy at rmcretro.store. This is something that I do uh, every year, and it's all in the name of raising money for a local charity. This year, it's a charity called The Long Table, who are trying to tackle um, food poverty in the area. Uh, they've got this really great system where you go to um, quite a nice cafe and you can have a bite to eat, a cake, a coffee, or whatever, and they have a suggested price you pay, but you're encouraged to pay whatever you can afford for it. So um, if you can, you pay a bit more and that subsidizes people who can't afford to eat there and everybody gets to eat. So it's quite a nice system. And the money that we raise from the calendar, 100% of the money taken will go to them this year. So that's the long table. And you can go to rmcretro.store to pick yourself up a calendar. And we do ship internationally as well. And then um, the other big news this week is that the Arcade Archive is opening proper on Saturday. So uh, we had a bit of a soft launch with Alex uh, on this Saturday just gone. Alex's mum came along and uh, played some Super Hang On and seemed to enjoy it very much. And um, things are pretty much there. We're like 95% there with the arcade opening. A few more signs to go up, a couple of fire extinguishers, you know, a touch of paint here and there. Um, and we're good to go. Dave? Was Alex's mum like your mum? And she didn't really believe it was a real thing. And what are you pretending to make money on? And um, <laughs> until you showed her the book. To be honest, I think Alex's mum gets it. She 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 understands it. Um, right. Whereas my my mum and my dad, for that matter, when they come and see what I'm doing, they're like, "Yeah, we still don't get it. We we <laughs> we don't understand how you put food on the table doing this now." <laughs> I mean, just trust me, it's it's working all right. You don't need to worry about me, guys. So. <laughs> Yeah, interesting situation. Um, John, before we get on to the 100th show, how's your week been? Fill us in what you've been up to this week. Oh, you know, I've, uh, I've, this has been the week that's leading up to one of the greatest weeks of the year, Thanksgiving break. Uh, and so uh, this week I am really starting to get excited about uh, making my plans for my return to Athlone, Ireland uh, in oh, less yes. than two months. Uh, Amiga Ireland will, uh, will take place right in the geographical center of, of the great country of Ireland. And uh, I'll be making a triumphant return, my third uh, trip to Ireland. And I'll be bringing into uh, about uh, half a dozen uh, uh, other Amigos listeners will sort of make an entourage there. Uh, and, I, you know, Amiga Ireland is uh, the greatest community event 
uh, or around retro computers that, that I've attended, second only to my own uh, boat fest, of course. Of uh, course. But, um, <laughs> but it's, it's really going to be great this time. I think, you know, this is the first Amiga Ireland since, since, uh, since COVID. And um, I'm just, uh, you know, this is the first week where I'm really starting to think about, okay, what am I going to bring? What am I going to do? So that's been all consuming for me. Fantastic. And um, I am looking at going myself as well. It would be my first ever Amiga Island. And I'm just trying to find a place to stay. Where are you flying into, John? Do you go into Dublin? I always fly. I fly into Dublin. Yeah. And then in the past, I've taken the coach to uh, to Athlone. But I may have to change my plans this year because the, the station is uh, the station. The closest station is now further away. So there may be a train option or it might be a situation where I take the bus most of the way and then just hire a taxi uh, for that last little bit. Sure. The good thing about Athlone, though, is that it's a very walkable place. Uh, the uh, the where the hotel where Amiga Ireland is, uh, you can walk and you can see all the sites of Athlone. There's an old castle, of course, the world's uh, Ireland's oldest pub is in Athlone. Uh, So there's plenty to see and do if you get tired of being in a room of, uh, you know, sweaty bald men. Of course, that's, of course. Uh, that's <laughs> one of my favorite activities anyway. So. Well, I'm hoping to add to the count of sweaty bald men this year by, by <laughs> or next year by going myself. Um, it's all going to tie in with, uh, I got married earlier in the year and we promised ourselves just a, a week's break somewhere at some point. So we're looking at hiring a cottage on the coastline of oh, an nice. island, um, spend a week over there and then, um, you know, the, the highlight Switch of the honeymoon. Off. Amiga Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more romantic. <laughs> nothing at all. Exactly. Does Lily know? Exactly. <laughs> she does. Yes, she does. It's, yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm Dave, remembering a, an episode of The Simpsons, Simpsons when um, Homer buys Marge a bowling ball for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be just like that. Yeah. Um, Dave, how's your week been? I've been good. I've been watching. Um, a special thing that happens in the CPC community, the Amstrad CPC community, which is the CPC RetroDev, which mm. is an annual competition in Alicante in Spain, which is run by university there. And they have their students, as well as inviting anyone else to submit a newly made Amstrad CPC game. This year, there were 36 finalists. The quality was exceptional. There were some really good games in there. Um, games that pushed, I mean, I, I thought Goatfish, for example, Goatfish 2, sorry, pushed pushed what you could do in a CPC. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm watching one of my friends, Zypho, he streams it. Uh, so we're watching that, Neil. Was that Goatfish? Is that game? Goatfish 2. Goatfish? Yes. What's the, what's, how would you do in Goatfish? Well, in Goatfish 2, you are a fish with a goat's head. <laughs> and... You, John, have I lost you? What do you do in Goatfish One? <laughs> I can't remember. You're a, it's you're a different a game, with but a you're also head. a goat with a, with a fish's head or a fish with a goat's head. In Goatfish Two, you drop down into this 3D. Um, I'm assuming it's underwater, and you have to bounce and collect food on the way down. Uh, donuts and bananas and apples and so on on the way down and avoid traps and you have to make as as quick progress as you can to stop running out of energy but the whole thing's in 3d and it's wonderfully colorful um so cpc retro dev 36 entries i've been watching that it's the quality is incredible but every year it's there it's um not a lot of people seem to know about cpc retro dev but it's, it's a great thing yeah, I did catch Zypho's stream in which he plays some of the, the winning entries. 
Um, great stream as always. And um, Duncan, if you wouldn't mind putting a link to Zypho's channel in the show notes, recommend anyone goes and gives that a sub because it's a good good channel to follow as well. And um, Chris, you appear to be celebrating the 100th birthday of Atari on your TV screen behind you for our listeners. Chris, <laughs> every week, likes to put an image on his TV screen and it has the number 100 and the Atari logo. It's on not it. the Tell Atari logo. It should be. Look. That took me minutes in deluxe pain. Don't 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 diss my hard work. Um, no, yeah. So um, I, I was at the Perth Amiga Users Group last week. Actually, so it's interesting you guys talking about Amiga Island. It was Amiga Perth, um, and I did pick up an Atari. So um, an Atari Twenty Six Hundred Junior, which is my first ever Atari Twenty Six Hundred flashback, not being counted. So actually, really pleased to pick that up. So and obviously we had Dan Wood on as the uh, special guest star via remote link, obviously. But yeah, just a really good evening as it always is. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. So you got to speak to Dan twice in a week. I did. Yeah, <laughs> Dan got to speak to you twice in a week. He did. Yeah, he him. He did. <laughs> so uh, Dave. Should I step aside to let you do some housekeeping? Do you yeah, housekeeping time. So um, oh, we've got loads of guests booked. Um, people seem to like guests coming on. We've got loads of guests booked. Um, some fantastic ones coming up. We've also got two weeks coming off um, after Christmas. After the Christmas episode, there'll be two weeks where we don't do a normal episode, but we have something in the bag for that. Uh, you'll find out closer to the time. And we now have our first new sponsor for a long time. Um, now, we said we'd only take a sponsorship from something that we believed in, and I'm pleased to say that we've spoken to the people behind Pixel Addict, and we're now sponsored by them. So Pixel Addict is a monthly magazine for people like us. Uh, it comes from the same successful people as Amiga Addict, but it's more aligned with the content in our podcast. Um, it's not specific to any one system. Now, we're not just about the games here. We're also about retro in general. Um, now, they call themselves a digital culture magazine, uh, the lifestyle backup for a cla for classic computer users, Britain's best-selling digital culture magazine. Um, and they have they, they do a lot of coverage of games, but they also cover other things as well. Um, you can now actually buy it in the shops. It started off being just the UK, but it's now in 300 different UK shops. You can also buy it in Barnes & Noble in North America, so John could go out and buy it today if he wanted. Um, you can buy it in Easton's in Ireland, so I'm sure when he travels to Ireland, he can pick up a copy there as well. Um, and now even independent news agents in Australia, so Chris can go and buy one as well. Yeah, to Australia. Which ones. I have to find out which ones, yeah. Cool. And, uh, you know, somebody, you know, Amiga Addict has been a sponsor of the Amigos podcast for years now. And uh, I can tell you from talking to Jonah over the years, there is nobody that's more passionate about the retro hobby than he is. Uh, he is not in this, uh, you know, for the money, as it were. He he truly cares about the community and he's trying to put out just the absolute best uh, work that he can, him and his team. Uh, and Pixel Addict is everything that I love about Amiga Addict, uh, just, you know, spread out among all of the, the retro scene. It's 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 such a quality magazine. So uh, I think a big thank you to Pixel Addict for being our sponsor. And hopefully this has been a, a much calmer sponsored message for you than some of the Podbean ones that screamed <laughs> at you and made your ears bleed in the past. So uh, thank you, Pixel Addict, and do check them out. 
Well, here we are then, episode 100. And um, as luck would have it, uh, at the time of recording this today, it is exactly 800 days since our first show aired, which was on the 12th of September, 2020. That is 114 weeks away. Um, I did the math. 114 weeks away. You did the what, sorry? Which means I did the math. <laughs> I did the mathematics, Dave. Thank you. Um, which is Continue. a possible 114 shows if we were to do one a week. So to get 100 shows into a 114-week time frame, I think that's pretty impressive. I'm pretty happy with that. Pretty consistent. Um, the, the the topics for show one, if we just go back and, and see what we were doing right at the start. Uh, and, and I should remind you, in that show one, um, John was, I would say, quite experienced with his own podcast it was a it was a pretty new thing for me i'd, I'd done some uh, retro island diskettes podcasts in the past but yeah i was pretty nervous it's pretty new um i haven't gone back and listened to it and i think i probably sound a little bit nervous if i do but yeah a hundred shows uh hardens you a little bit who knows <laughs> where we'll be in another hundred shows but the topics for that first show were Elite on the Vectrex, which was something that I would later to go on and try myself when I got hold of a Vectrex with the help of the Vec Fever cart. And it was um, every bit as good as people suggested in that show. They were taking pre-orders for the Analog Pocket, deliveries of which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're still being fulfilled and will run into 2023. Such are the supply chain issues of tech parts um, at the moment, so you know, not not entirely the the fault of analog for that, but they're they're, they're delivering, which is the important thing. I think they've delivered one batch and they've got two more batches to go, so those are getting out there. And we covered Mist, that great multimedia title, a port of which had been made for the Apple II. I've got to say, my memory being what it is, I'm struggling to remember recording that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was I a long time ago. I have no recollection of any of those stories. No. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they all must... sound cool, though. We did yeah. well with picking three good stories. <laughs> Maybe we run the source. I don't know. Yeah. Um, in that time, we've accrued a little over 6,000 YouTube subscribers. We've been listened to over 450,000 times on YouTube. And that's before we get into the podcast platforms, which... I'd love to give you some stats on that, but I don't actually know the numbers. Does anyone <laughs> know? Well, it, it's difficult. And um, the, the reason being that we use a platform called Podbean, and they, they submit the podcast to other places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, etc. So directly from Podbean, we seem to get between 2,400 and 2,700 listens a week. But that doesn't include... Things like my podcast app, which is on Android, doesn't come directly from podcasts from my Podbean, so it's not included there. Right. We we must we must get at least ten thousand listeners a week, and then as time goes on, we get more listeners building up on top of that, listening to the older episodes. So there's a lot of people listening to us. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to think about because I tend to sort of turn up on a Monday, we record the podcast, and then I'm I think we're all then into doing our normal jobs, our normal day jobs, if you like. We don't think too hard about the numbers. Um and that's all right because the, the ethos behind the show is exactly as it was on day one when John and I started, which is pick three stories, hang out, chat about retro news with friends. And and more often than not, we'd stray away from the story that we were actually talking about into the realms of waffle. Uh, but <laughs> You guys, the listeners, 
seem to be okay with that. So if you, you're okay with that, we'll, we'll carry on waffling. Um, <laughs> hopefully we don't tip the balance too far into the realms of waffle and um, not news stories, but I think, I think we've got a good balance. What do you think? I think so. Well, yeah. I know that uh, the, the first... The first couple episodes, my my vision for this uh, this podcast was very quickly fell by the wayside (laughs) (laughs) because I I envisioned a kind of short and to the point thirty minute show where we went over you know more stories than just three. I think uh, I think my original thing was we were going to have like six, but we would keep our discussion to only you know five minutes per story. And, uh, of course, that wasn't sustainable for a couple of reasons. One, um, sometimes in the world of retro, there are not six stories worth talking about. And two, uh, when you do when you know you do start talking about something and it opens the door to a memory or something like that, you want to have time to hash it out. And, uh, you know, that the nostalgia factor is what people uh, enjoy listening to. It gives them that warm, fuzzy feeling. So uh, I'm glad that the show did pivot. And uh, obviously, like you said, it's been very, very successful. And that first show was 24 minutes long. And just flicking through the shows that I can see on the YouTube uh, dashboard here, the longest I can see was one hour 19, which was, I think it was just Chris and I on that episode. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what, let me see if I can find what the topic was. That must have been after I joined, Neil. It was my instant thought. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah, that one of the ones going, when Chris was drunk? <laughs> we're going well over That's an never hour. That's happened. Uh, as Chris joins, I'm just trying to find it again, and I can tell you what the topics were on that particular show. Uh, let's just scroll through here. We got, yeah, Chris appears, one hour six, one hour eight, one hour nine, <laughs> one hour 12, <laughs> one hour 17. <laughs> it just goes up and up. Oh, there's a one hour 20 there. And the title of that one is, Did You Record Games Onto VHS? That was episode 74. Oh. We also talk about the Oregon Trail. Um Free steamed scrolls. Oh, something to do with the Elder Scrolls. That always gets Chris talking. And are arcade bars on the rise? So I, I probably yes. had a lot to say about arcade bars. I think that's probably yeah. why we got up to one hour 20. So we kind of settled at about one hour. I think we all got to an agreement that about one hour is um, a good time for the time it takes to Duncan, for Duncan to edit up the episode. One hour is about right. And the time people have to listen. So that's kind of where we sit now. And we try to keep it to that. Watch us go massively over today, um, <laughs> but we try. Um, and uh, yeah, increasingly, we've also enjoyed the company of guests to share even even more memories with us about what we're talking about and, and their opinions. And we will be hearing from a few of those past guests uh, a little bit later at the back end of the show today. We've got some nice clips for you. But lest we forget, it all began with an idea from one man, a man who dreamed of bringing together as many men who looked like eggs as possible. And that man (laughs) was John Shuler, the OG. So uh, welcome back, John. It is a pleasure to have you here. And I have to ask you, um, are you a listener of the show since you hung up your This Week in Retro headphones? Do you still listen? Uh, I do. I do. I would be lying if I said I listen to every minute every week. Sure. Yeah. But whenever there's a story that piques my interest, and I'll tell you, I am uh, when it comes to this show, I'm your typical YouTube consumer where I'll have a glance at the thumbnail in a, <laughs> if I'm drawn in by that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you, the, the, the stories that I enjoy the most are still the stories about, you know, um, pushing hardware to its limits. Uh, like the one where you did Quake on the Spectrum, stuff like that. I love, uh, I love seeing the clips. And again, Tunk, Duncan's Duncan does such a good job of inserting things, so you have that visual component. Um, I, I do enjoy the show. Uh, I, I just uh, 
my because I do six other podcasts that are involved in the retro scene, sometimes I just need a break. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I'll, I'll listen to uh, I'll listen to, you know, podcasts on other subjects. But I, I really love the fact that whenever I listen, it sounds like you guys are just having a blast because to me, that's the most important thing. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah, and I totally get that comment about um, needing a break. As someone who makes a lot of YouTube videos, uh, people often ask me, "What? Which other retro YouTubers do you watch?" And it's like, yeah, I do watch other retro YouTubers when when I've got the headspace. But a lot of the time, I watch documentaries about old aeroplanes on YouTube and stuff like that that isn't retro because I'm I'm giving myself a break from um, sort of thinking too much about these things. So yeah, I totally get that. And I should point out that while John's headphones are hung up. They are. I hope they're primed because you're always welcome back to the show any time, John. That, that you want to come back, dip in and dip out. Um, we love having you on here, John. Oh, that's that's very kind of you. I appreciate it. Um, it was uh, it was about show number sixty one that the musical chairs happened, and we welcomed in new host to the show, and that was Chris, who arrived first. Um, I was aware of you, Chris, through your YouTube channel, Agama 5 um, or is it Agima? Sorry, Agima 005. It's Amiga 500 backwards. There's no right or wrong way of saying it. Stop screwing your face up. Um, so I was aware of you from that and also just your general pleasantness on the Cave Discord server. Um, and of course, head like an egg. So his profile fits perfectly. So I invited him onto the show. Chris, just tell us about your memories of, of coming onto the show and, and when you started. Yeah, well, I'm I'm quite pleased that you mentioned that you were quite nervous when you first started the show, obviously, with all of your experience, because it was exactly the same for me. Um, and I think that was twofold. I mean, yes, I was running my own channel, but it was it was a young channel uh, uh, to begin with anyway. But it was all about my own journey, my own memories, my own nostalgia. So I can get away with anything, really, because, you know, it's not like I'm trying to be technically accurate or anything like that. Um, so coming onto a show where the, the, the listeners actually choose the stories, there's a bit of research involved, that adds an extra factor that I wasn't used to. But also meeting yourself, Neil, yes, that was virtual, but there was, there was a nervous element to that as well. So what I've enjoyed about this journey and being part of this show is A, doing the show, but more than that, the friendship that has slowly formed between you know myself and yourself and also with Dave coming on board as well. And those, I feel I've been able to loosen up with you guys a lot more now. It was a bit stinted towards the beginning and now it just flows very naturally because we've got to know each other. Um, and I think that's why it comes across so well for the listeners. So yeah, yeah. Being part of it, I have to say, a highlight um, of my year this year was um, you coming over to visit all the way from Australia and coming to the cave. So it was really nice to, you know, build on that friendship and actually get to meet you in person, which was absolutely. And I appreciate your uh, time. I'll thank you again for that. I really appreciate your time as well. Yeah. And so the uh, the show settled in then with Chris to cries of he's not a real Australian, (laughs) 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 and um, and so continued the format and then. For no other reason, I think, than we just enjoyed listening to each other's memories and opinions and thought, wouldn't it be cool to have an even broader perspective on these things? That's when we asked Dave to join us, and that was around show number 75. So Dave is the baby of the group. Uh, Dave came on board, and, and, you know, they say that Scottish is the most trustworthy accent in the world. Have we been right to trust you for these last 25 shows, Dave? Absolutely not. No, I've spent the last 25 shows trolling you in any way I possibly can, um, including the show notes, including winding up Chris. No, yeah. I, I, I hope I've contributed something. The, the feedback we get from people is is incredible. People talk about how it's, it's formed part of their Saturday or Sunday routine to listen to this. 
and that you no idea what, what what that means to hear that from someone that you're making someone's weekend a little better mm. and the, the numbers just don't trying to imagine more than 15 people that listen to this doesn't make sense but yeah <laughs> loads of people do I thoroughly enjoy it. It's great coming on here in the Monday and recording. I look forward to speaking to you too. Um, it's always a pleasure to speak to Neil anyway, but Neil's so busy. It's so, so busy speak to, to, <laughs> so to, to, to get the chance to actually speak to Neil um, is, is unusual because he's so pressed for time at the moment. Hopefully, hopefully, Neil, you'll, you'll sort that out in January. Um, but you've been saying that for about a year and a half now. Well, yeah, um, I have. I have employed some help to to help me moving yeah. forward. So hopefully that will kick in proper once uh, trained up in January. But yeah, no, you make a good point with with my busyness. This is kind of a therapy session for me because it means I have to sit and talk, no distractions, phones off, chat to you guys, and that's a really good thing. I actually do really enjoy it for that reason. Um, I always leave you hanging till the last moment with the with the show notes because I don't get to them to the last moment. So I should apologize for that. That should be my New Year's resolution for 2023. But we all know that's not going to be fixed. Um, we understand why, though. I mean, <laughs> we understand why. So it's, it, it's, it's when I don't do the show notes until the last minute, I've got less of an excuse than you do. <laughs> This is true. This is true. And uh, speaking of positive comments uh, about people who listen to us on their Saturday mornings and things like that, I have to say, whenever John does reappear on the show, as he did last time, huge number of positive comments about John's uh, professionalism, breadth of knowledge. They all love it when you come on here, John. Um, so for anyone that's wants to listen to john you don't have to be without john you can have a john in your life as he mentioned <laughs> he still does about six other podcasts where can people find you john if they want uh, probably a the best place the best place to see everything all at once is uh amigos retro gaming on youtube yeah um like i said i do my, my buddy aaron and i uh, do six shows about uh, different retro computers so the, the the longest running we're on you guys are on week 100 we just finished uh, episode 377 wow. uh, of amigos uh, we've been doing that uh, every week since july 2015 uh, and uh, so if nothing else we have the world's longest running amiga podcast <laughs> there you go yeah we need to get you in the guinness record books or something there's gonna yeah. be a category for that <laughs> yeah but i think people enjoy listening you know even though the amiga is not technically a uh european computer it kind of is it was sort of a non-factor yeah. in the united states uh you know people enjoy hearing an american perspective on stuff like you know the zx spectrum the amiga uh other other retro computers so if, if that uh, if that sounds like something you might want to uh, spend time with uh yeah check it out there we go you heard it here first the amiga was not an american computer see you in the comments section <laughs> <laughs> so uh john th this is a question we'll be asking our listeners later so do get thinking uh listeners um what would you like to see uh in the next hundred or so shows what, what would you like to change would you like anything to change what would you like to see more of or less of on this week in retro is there any feedback you can give us well if, if there's one thing that that i've learned is that hardware is very popular and so any any stories that you can do that i remember doing uh, a story with you neil about super uh, a supercharged 486 Mm -hmm. um computer and that i mean that was probably the biggest episode i was on on this week in retro and i think any stories that you can do that talk about you know speed boosts of old hardware i dig that stuff i think it's super cool because then i started thinking about well, what if i plug that into this machine um you know but on the whole i really feel like 
make sure whatever you do, make sure everybody's having fun. Because the minute it starts to seem like a job, the audience will know. They'll know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and it's 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 not good. And that's what you guys have been able to maintain. And again, I think bringing on Dave was a big plus in that. In that, it sort of it allows you to share the load a little bit more. And you also got two different people to bounce your your thoughts off of. And it it really it just seems like sitting in a pub talking to your friends. And that's that's the whole atmosphere of the show that I really enjoy. So keep that up. That's nice. I think that's really good feedback. So, uh, yeah, the secret to a good podcast is to maintain a level of unprofessionalism. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually um, where Duncan comes in and, and does a really good job of knowing what to leave in and what to cut out and to, to keep things flowing and friendly and, and um, make it an enjoyable les- listen. And on the topic of um, hardware, our most watched episode ever is actually you and I, John, uh, October the 23rd, 2021. It was all about a 6502 FPGA processor that you could drop in, uh, I guess, to your... To your That's actually the exact story I was thinking about. I oh, don't was know that why you I said 486, but it was the super yeah. chart. Yeah, that yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's had 25,000 views. Um, the next closest one was 16,000 views. So that is the biggest episode by far was that and um, R2 cut out thumbnail, you pointing a processor. That was Again, really what it's sold the, it. It's all about the thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what did it. <laughs> so that's our most watched episode. That's that's the target to, uh, to aim for longer term. Um, and of course, I mentioned Duncan there and we can't have a discussion about the show without mentioning the mighty producer, Dunk, who works so hard every week to turn our ramblings into a show. I, I don't think he's ever complained, missed a deadline or had a diva tantrum like Dave does every week. Uh, <laughs> once, never done that. And um, John, I think Duncan works on your shows as well, does yeah, he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He he created all of our opening uh, animations uh, and uh, he does a lot for the, the Amigos retro gaming uh, community as well. So he's, I mean, talk about a, uh, a team player and like you said, somebody that delivers on time all the time. He really does. He's, he is the glue that holds the show together. So... Thank you, Duncan. Um, uh, do you guys want to say a thank you to Duncan as well? Oh, absolutely. No. Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, nah. on behalf of these miserable lot, thank you, Duncan, <laughs> for everything that you do. Now, we, we, we've, got, we've got some of our, uh, our previous guests on the show a little bit later uh, to answer the very same question that John did, uh, um, answered there. What would you like to see in the next 100 shows? What would you like us to to change or not? So we'll hear about them later at the end of the show. Uh, Until then, enough uh, navel-gazing, I think. Let's get into the news stories proper. It's no secret that Neil and myself are huge flight sim fans, uh, but it may surprise you to hear that I don't really like Microsoft Flight Simulator. And there's a reason. It's boring. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, the simulation is amazing, especially these days. And, uh, you know, always in the context of the technology of the time as well in terms of the older uh, uh, versions. But commercial flying is, well, it's dull. It's it's the bus drivers of the sky. And I do say this as someone who's had uh, who oh, has a good mate. Yeah, oh, the comments, probably from my mate, in fact, that I'm about to mention, because I've got a good mate who is a commercial pilot and I have massive respect for him. He's worked hard to get there. And it's of course a dream job for many people, but it's but. just, it's just, yeah, but it's just boring. But. I thought if I had a pilot's license, I'd want to. And there's lots of opportunity over here in Australia to do these kind of things: water bombing for bushfires, that kind of thing. You know, air ambulance, cattle wrangling. You can even do in a helicopter. 
that's incredibly dangerous apparently and lots of people die doing it but you know that would be more exciting than just picking commuters up and dropping them off at the next bus stop um but anyway (laughs) anyone who's been a passenger on a long-haul flight knows how mind-numbingly dull flying actually is Yes, it's exciting on takeoff and on landing and when the drinks trolley comes around, and that is it. Well, Microsoft Flight Sim, uh, Microsoft, sorry, have addressed this uh, in a fantastic 40th anniversary update to MS Flight Simulator. You see, if you load up the in game Diamond DA62 aircraft, you can use the cockpit's in game screen to play games. Yep. Even as the virtual pilot, you can alleviate your long-haul boredom without needing to chat up the cabin crew. You can simply play a game on the instruments to while away the hours. And what game will, will they let you play in MS Flight Simulator? Well, it's, it's MS Flight Simulator again. So basically, it'll let you play the 1980s versions of MS Flight Simulator from version 1, which came out in 1982, through to version 4 from 1989. Dave, would the ability to fly a sim within the sim entice you into flight sims more? Or, you know, what if they let you watch a movie while you attempt to open a packet of peanuts without ejecting the contents all over the controls? <laughs> Talking about flying on long haul, I, I don't hate it. Mm. I don't like the whole take your shoes off, take your belt off stuff. But when I'm actually on the plane, I'm sitting down, I know that's me. And I can get my my ebook out, or I can put some podcasts on, or something. I, I the time flies for me. I'm I'm quite happy sitting mm. on a flight. But what you're talking about there, absolutely not. I, I want combat. I want missions. I want primary and secondary objectives. I want bonus objectives. I want to join the secret order of the emperor. In fact, I want <laughs> to play Tie Fighter. Um, no, I, I I do I do like a flight sim. But not not as much as you and Neil. But I, I just don't I don't have any real interest in playing this. Um, I, I I know loads of people do, and I don't want them to feel. I I don't want me to say that their their hobbies are bad. It's just not for me. I know that Mark Central, for example, he loves doing it, and he'll fly over the cave. And if anyone's talk about doing something somewhere, he'll use it as an excuse to fly there and see it, and he really enjoys that. So I, I do appreciate the technology and understand the appeal of it, but it's not for me. Nah, that's fair enough. Long haul. What's the longest flight you've done, long haul, Dave? Um, I'm trying to think. I used to have I used to have a place in in America. I used to have a place in Florida, and I'm trying to remember if the longest. But I've also been to Vegas, and I'm trying to remember if I've flown. I don't think I've flown to Vegas from from the UK. I think I've flown to America and then changed a different flight. So probably longest is from the UK to Florida. Mm. Neil. Neil. Uh, uh, yeah, the furthest I've flown is probably about the same, Dave. I, I went over to San Diego, but I think I changed, maybe changed at Houston and then hopped over, I think. Dallas, possibly, yeah. there's Maybe Dallas. Yeah. All I remember about that that interchange um, airport in the middle was that they had a Bubba Gump shrimp. And I was like, is it Bubba? Is that <laughs> yeah, what it's called? That's a, yeah, it's a chain. It's yeah, a chain. and I was like, oh, this is a real thing then. It's not just a thing from Forrest Gump. <laughs> well, it's not really a real thing. It was created after Forrest Gump. Oh, came it out. came after. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> Total marketing on the back of the movie. 
Those are all short hops as far as I'm concerned. 16 and a half hours from Perth to the UK. <laughs> you guys are just talking about local jaunts. Uh, <laughs> once, you're, but yes. once you're into it, once you've started, once, you're, once you've taken your shoes and belts off and all the rest of it, you're sitting yeah. down in your flight and you're assuming the seat's comfortable enough that your knees aren't in pain, then six hours, eight hours, 10 hours, 16 hours, it's not, not a huge difference. Yeah. How many belts do you wear, Dave? You belts plural there. <laughs> the belts. Just the one. As we're talking about Flight Simulator, um, I do actually have a physical copy of the latest Flight Simulator. And Oof. we talk about this a lot. big thing about Flight Simulators is the manual. Well, oh. this comes with um, a fold-out box of all the, the DVDs. How many have we got? 10 DVDs in here. So 10 DVDs. I won't fold them all out, but 10 DVDs to install. But the manual, it looks like a Ladybird book. I'm holding it up here. It's like my first book on Flight Simulator or something. It's only Boo. 76 pages long. It's sort of A5 Boo. in what? size. That is not that is not a Flight Simulator manual. So, um, yeah, what have Flight Sims become? John? Um, to me, one of the grand tests of boredom in a game is if i'm ever if i'm ever uh tempted to uh put an ipad in front of my screen while i'm playing to watch something else or do something else (laughs) i i just think what am i doing what am i doing here and i've seen it i've seen it so many times with games like elite dangerous where you'll see people fly in these missions and they'll take pictures of themselves they're like yeah i'm watching the new boba fett as i'm doing this this run and it's just like at what point does the game stop being a game? I mean, you might as well just put on just an interactive screensaver in the background. And and I feel like you can make a game that involves long distance travel and make it interesting so you're not just doing nothing in the interim. You just need to introduce a system of mini games. For example, you know, maybe you're flying long haul, but once you get up into the air, uh, you have to take over the beverage cart service, you know, or something <laughs> like that. I, <laughs> Neil. <laughs> well, this is the problem that is addressed, is it not, Chris? It, by incorporating a game within a game. Well, Solves everything. Well, yeah, quite possibly. What, what game would you prefer they play, John? So if you're in the flight sim and they would let you play Well, it needs to be something it, it needs to be something that is that reflects the the overall flight. You know, you, your performance your performance needs to be judged on how well you arrive from point A to point B, but you can raise your score, you can raise your pilot rating if you perform these other tasks well so it can't be presented as just like here's a way to waste time it's like here's a thing that you need to do if you want to do the best job you can on this on the way through you, you need to be engaged the whole time neil yeah i really like john's idea of the trolley service so i think this should be a two-player game it's in <laughs> vr one of you has to fly the stunt circuit mm-hmm. while the other is in the back pushing the trolley in vr <laughs> there you and go. serving the drinks <laughs> and then your combined points for completing the circuit and serving the drinks are put together and that's your score Extra points if there's no spillage. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> no spillage in the cockpit or on the drink service. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Well, well, Neil, I mean, you've, you've kind of given lots of your, your thoughts already, but I've, I've saved you to last. You know, is one level of inception enough or would you need another sim within the sim? Um, but how, no, but how's this, how's this yeah. running? Is this, is this an emulator running within the screen? It must well, be. Okay. So Good question. I wonder how long, yeah. how long will it take for someone to hack it so you can just get the MS-DOS screen up and run whatever you want? In there. You could play Doom um, on it. 
You could, but then you come back to the same point which John made, which is you're trying to come up with entertainment to distract you from what is supposed to be the entertainment. Um, doesn't make any sense. I'm totally with John on that. Um, anyway, the, the full patch notes tell us a bit more about what you get with this. So you get one true-to-life Airbus A310 airliner, two helicopters and 14 heliports. It's nice to see these additional planes, actually. I'm assuming there's no microtransaction payments or anything for these you just you just get them as part of the update is that I right Chris? So. Uh, i actually don't know you yeah. must do if they're in the patch notes um two gliders and 15 glider airports there's actually a glider airport at the top of the hill by the cave so i don't know if ours is included in there same uh, seven famous historical aircraft including the hughes h4 hercules also known as the spruce goose uh that spruce was the goose. um that was the boat plane wasn't it with all yeah, the, was the, the crazy guy's plane Think it flew the urine once. in the jars, man. Yeah. Okay. Were, <laughs> Let's not go down that avenue. <laughs> um, Howard Hughes. Yeah. Howard yeah. Hughes. Four classic commercial airports, 24 classic missions from the franchise's past. And um, that last point actually interests me a lot. I mean, just to take MS Flight Sim as a whole, you, you think it's boring now is that right chris is that what you're telling us have you always thought it was boring yeah we'll come to when i play with it a little bit later but yeah i I, I did play with it for a bit but overall i found it yeah a bit yeah driver yeah so go on dave i wonder if maybe someone like mark central for example who does play these flight sims Do people play the flight sims and when they're, when there's not really much happening, do they still sit, sit there immersed and still enjoying it? Does that happen or or does everybody have to do something to skip it and take their attention away? I don't know. You can speed hmm. up time, can't you, in these? So yeah. there's that. If you, really I, I think, too, if you surround yourself with you know a, a, a console full of button boxes with flashing lights and alternative screens, you're you're watching, you're monitoring all, and that's where sort of the build your own cockpit type thing comes into play. Um, I'm fully convinced that most of those gauges only exist to uh, inter- you know occupy the pilot's time when they're on those long <laughs> flights. That's, that's well, this, is, this is the point, really, isn't it? A good flight sim is a sandbox, and you can create the kind of game you want within it. Whether that is for you know uh, engines to fail at a certain point in the flight, whether that's just takeoff and landing, whether that's stakes flying around snakes yes snakes whether snakes on a plane (laughs) flying around um areas you're familiar with and just recognizing visually it's did you have the fish or did you have the chicken okay entirely (laughs) up to you that's how dave wants to play i might want to play my flight sim a different way but we have moved on from the very early days of flight sims these first ones where you were just in awe and enjoying the novelty of an open world flight sims were one of the first examples of open world games Elite is a kind of you know a space flight sim, and it's one of the biggest open world games we had at that point. Um, we got to enjoy the ever improving flight dynamics, and that wasn't necessarily always restricted to MS Flight Sim. You had things came along like Flight Unlimited, which had these really advanced um, fluid dynamics, so based all based on flight models based on how things move underwater and then adapted for the sky. Um, but then these things kind of fed back. Flight Sim would catch up again with its next iteration and keep up with the competition. John. Neil, I have a question since you're sort of the most flight simiest of all of us. Um, how deep do you go? I mean, I, I know that sort of the ground level is having a HOTAS set up where you've got this sort of more realistic stick, but you can take it, you know, there's the, there's the sim pit with the surrounding screens. I mean, in your ideal flight sim uh, setup, 
how immersive do you require it to be to have fun? Well, I think I think that whole question is really being answered now with with VR. Mm, um, mm. So long as the flight sims are updated, so you can actually flick all the switches. Uh, and that's getting better and better as the resolution of VR headsets improved. When they first became mainstream, everything was a bit blurry and you had this kind of screen door effect across the VR. So it was a novelty, but it wasn't quite right. But I'm really looking forward to playing a, an uprated VR headset just to see how much better this has got and how well the games have been adapted to support VR. It's not perfect because you know, you're still effectively blind outside of your VR headset, so you can't really see if you're trying to press on certain things but if it's all been built from the ground up for vr then that's great and that's why i'm so excited about this um b17 game that we talked about last week because it's built from the ground up supposedly for vr it should support it really well so um yeah ask me five years ago and i would have said you know seven pcs networked all controlling a different screen managing everything in a cockpit but that's just all been superseded in my head by vr and a good stick and a good um throttle um yeah and then you know we've seen improvements in graphics over the years we've seen the flop that was ms flight which was just a horrible saga where microsoft tried to turn the whole of the flight sim world into a microtransaction based system starting with a single island and you had to buy your way out of that island to to fly around the rest of the world it flopped horribly and quite rightly too i'm really glad that it did and then we saw the glorious return with the the current flight sim which was kept under wraps for years and then they announced it and um, everyone loved it. And it was a return to form for Flight Sim. It, it's fantastic. But unlike those early days, I'm not wowed by the novelty of the open world. I mean, that's pretty normal now. And it's not as impressive to see a tiny, tiny micro with RAM measured in the kilobytes produce an open world, a huge open world, as it is a machine with 32 gigs of RAM and unlimited storage effectively as these games now stream data from the cloud. So um, not so impressive well, it is an impressive technical feat, but it it doesn't melt your face like it, it doesn't used wow to. you like it once did. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Um, so I do really look forward to the challenges, and I really like the fact that they've added some of these challenges back in. So if you're not feeling creative enough to come up with some of your own, you can take on the challenges that they're throwing at you, and I'd, I'd like to see more of those. So I think MS Flight Sim is in a good place now. Yeah, cool. It's actually the, the latest one that did nearly tempt me back into it, but I just don't have a powerful enough machine. That's my problem. Um, so that's mm. the only reason I haven't dabbled my toes back into it. Um, I've given you a bit of a bump steer because, uh, yes, you can play you know, these uh, 80s versions of Microsoft Flight Sim within Microsoft Flight Sim on the instruments of this aircraft, but apparently only when you're on the tarmac. So actually you can't use uh -huh. it to alleviate your in-flight boredom. Sorry, guys. Is that um, a health and safety thing? Because I'm not, yes, yes, not allowed to use my tablet that's on the right. steering you, wheel holder when I'm driving. You crash the plate. No, they really don't like that. But you can have a massive iPad-sized screen in a Tesla. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, there's a certain method to unlocking the Easter egg, which is essentially what this is. So I'll leave you guys to research that by the uh, show notes, the link, links in the description, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, despite my sarcasm, MS Flight Sim has a huge following, and I do actually have fond memories of at least trying to fly to Biggin Hill um, on – it would have been Microsoft Flight Sim, I want to say 95, but actually I remember there being a helicopter in there, so that means it would be Microsoft Flight Simulator 98, uh, had the Bell Ranger. 
And I had hours of fun even just trying to hover the Bell Ranger and actually keep it steady and, and then land it back on the, on the pad. Really, really difficult to do. Um, but anyway, thanks to Gaudir for alerting us to this story and to Microsoft for giving us this nostalgic nod to the very beginnings of the franchise, tucked neatly into the very latest update. Who knows what wonders of flight we'll be simulating in another 40 years from now. A new barbershop with retro games has opened in Gloucester Town Centre. So I thought I'd pick this week an important subject for us, especially as our listeners have raised it a few times, and that's the fact that the listeners think that we're all bald. I'm not, look. I have a a luxurious head of ginger hair, as you can see here. Well, Um, as you can hear as well for our listeners, Dave, for our listeners. I can hear that ginger hair. Our listeners have to trust me. You raise trust (laughs) earlier on. Trust me that I have a luxurious head of real hair. Um, Of the four of us, I reckon we all spend a great deal of our times at the barbers getting a haircut. So, Neil, can you tell me about your your hair care regime? My hair care regime is a handful of Nivea that starts at the back of my head and slides towards the front of my head until my head is fully moisturised. That's my hair care routine. John, <laughs> every Thursday I descend upon my shower and take upon the Remington uh, head shaver and give me a couple of these, and then and then I'm good for the week. Nice. And Chris, you guys are dedicated. Basically, what happens with mine is it starts to grow until it looks hideous, and then the wife goes, "You are not going outside looking like that," and sits me down and shaves it for me. <laughs> oh, you have someone do your hair for you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I've got my own blind. personal hairdresser. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, a pair of clippers for me. And you, it's taken a few years to get the skill of blind hair cutting. Well, you're doing it yourself with the clippers, but yeah, finally uh, nailed it. I think, at least on the top of my well, head, not the front of my face. It turns out that there is um, a perfect solution for us, at least for one of us. Doctor Local has shared a story from Gloucestershire Live about a new barber shop in Gloucester Town Centre called Two Barrels Barbershop. Now, Sabrina Rimmer, who's presumably no relation to Arnold, has decided that her barbershop would be enhanced with a games and drinks area. Now, Neil, are you worried this is going to kill off the viability of the cave or be more serious? What do you think of the idea of going to the barbers for a head shave, maybe in a beard trim, and actually enjoying the experience, maybe meeting a couple of friends there for a drink in a game? Well, it's an interesting idea. Um, the, the first observation I'd make on this Gloucestershire Live news story is they've got a photo of the space. And how big is that space? Have you seen it? This is a huge space, with um, which just makes everything look small in it. It's, it's so large. So there's a pool table in the middle. And then at the far end, there is what I think are two or maybe three arcade machines up against a wall there. There's also one of those basketball machines where you've got to make as many baskets as you can. John, what's the name of that? You'll, you'll know. That's always in American films where they're shooting the basketballs in the arcade. I don't know that it's called a basketball game. <laughs> basketball game. There you go. You heard it here first. Um, and uh, and then there's just this vast floor with nothing on it. They've got a huge space to fill. And I think when I look closely at those arcades, I think they are arcade one-up machines. Does anyone agree with me if you see them? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, which yeah. which is fair enough. And uh, there's a place for arcade one-up machines. They're not if you put them next to a normal arcade machine, like you've got downstairs with Alex. Of course, they don't look right. But 
in, in certain circumstances, an arcade one-up machine is just fine. And I think for this purpose, it's just fine. The big advantage of those machines is low maintenance. They'll just work. Yeah. In fact, they're probably yeah. under warranty if they stop working. So in a situation like this, they can get them. They're not advertising themselves as an authentic retro arcade. It's a hairdresser's shop with a place to chill out and play games. So I'm not going to hold that against them in any way whatsoever. Um, I love the idea of making the trip to the barber shop uh, and making it more fun. So why not hang out and have a coffee and play some games on a hairy pool table? You know, that, that sounds good. Um, Hairy pool table, that sounds obscene. (laughs) It's not a euphemism. If you just had your hair cut and you go and play pool, you're going to get a hairy pool table, aren't you? Yeah. I wonder about about the the sanitary uh, aspect of this. You know, if you're pulling a pint, there's going to be hair flying around. I mean, that's the nature of a (laughs) barbershop. And there's nothing that's uh, less appetizing than somebody's freshly cut hair in oh. your in your pint a mile. Oh. Well, hair of the dog. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I think this is good creative thinking to try and make their business more successful. Let's you're a, you're a hairdresser. Let's pull more people into the hairdressers who in, perhaps don't even need a haircut. Let's sell them drinks. So they can play some games. Let's make some more money that way. I think that's some good creative thinking, especially as they've got so much space up there. Make use of that space. Um, but it did give me thinking, is there a, a better name for it? If it's going to be arcade-based, you've got the two barrels. It's not a bad name, but, you know, could it be called something like Mortal Comeback? Golden Hacks, <laughs> Shave Game, Pac-Man Bun, or a simply Taper. You know, Taper without the I, taper. I think Mortal Kombat is the... Yeah. Mortal Kombat? There. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That, that's our nice. suggestion, then. Rename it Mortal Kombat. Chris. So, no, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so what Sabrina, who I assume is not a teenage witch, has provided is this. In the shop, we have a games area, which is a pool table, a retro Pac-Man and Mortal Kombat arcade machine, dartboard, as well as a small play area for children. Men who come here to get their hair cut can take a bit of time out for themselves and sit and have a drink and use the games area. We're also in the process of applying for an alcohol license, which we hope to have by Christmas, so people can come in and have a mulled wine or a beer while they're here. Lots of mums who have brought their sons in have been playing pool with them, and one boy wondered why his mum was so good at Pac-Man game, which I thought was funny. So it initially struck me as a bit of a silly silly story and a a bit of a a, not a great idea, but the more I thought about it, um, the more I realised that actually this is a good idea. Um, I, I want somewhere that I can go that isn't just focused on drinking, uh, and meet my friends. So I, I thought the idea that it's not so bad, John. Yeah. Well, when you go to the barbershop, when I, when I, in my, in my hair days, um, when I was rocking the reverse Mohawk, uh, <laughs> I, um, I went to the barber for, to get a haircut, but of course you, you want to go to the barber for some good conversation to feel relaxed and you want to have something that will kill the time while you're waiting. Because I don't know about how barbershops work in the UK or in Australia, but here there's no appointments. You show up and you wait until yeah. it's, yeah, and sometimes it's busy and sometimes it's not. And if you can, you know, knock back a couple, play a game of Pac-Man, and then, whoa, you turn around, hey, it's my time to go already? I mean, that's a, that's a great business model. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like the idea of maybe turning up uh, once a month, meeting my friends there, 
all of us go there, just three or four of us, we sit, we have a chat, have a drink, a cup of tea, a coke, a beer, whatever, play some games, have a chat, get a haircut, and then go. And to me, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Um, John, can you see yourself giving up on your head shaves in the shower and doing <laughs> something like this for uh, for a meet a friend or two and get scalped? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great lad's night out, you know, because again, you go to the barber and you want to have some good conversation while that is cutting your hair. If you're surrounded by your buddies, they're talking, the barber's talking, you know, you're all having a good time. That sounds fantastic. That sounds like a great social activity that has some real purpose behind it. What they need is a gauntlet cab so you can turn up and be a barbershop quartet. Yeah, I love it. Chris, what about yourself? Oh, well, I was just thinking, I mean, I could be tempted to get my hair cut somewhere other than home, but I've, my, my, my hairdresser's very good looking. I do like hanging out in the kitchen and getting my hair cut. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, something like this would actually be, would, would be good fun. But what it actually reminds me of is the fact that, you know, arcades weren't always in an arcade. Um, and so this is almost harking back to that. You know, you saw arcade machines in the chip shop, in the sports centers and in the pubs. So why shouldn't they be sliding their way back into something like a barbershop? So that's yeah, why I yeah. like this idea. Yeah. You bring yeah, up a good a- point, Chris. Uh, a board game shop just opened here in uh, in my, my town. And uh, they have an arcade section that is precisely the same thing as you've got going on here. You've got four arcade one-up machines. You know, that's a way for to bring in gaming that's not going to break the bank. So I think you're going to start to see this more and more often with these proliferation of $200, $300 uh, arcade one-up machines. Yeah, nice. Neil? Yeah, I was just uh, reading a comment that appeared yesterday on the channel in relation to this story from Little Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Thank you for listening. Uh, who simply says, welcome to This Week in Hair Memories, because we had a, a, a discussion about our hair last week. So um, maybe it's going to become a, a common theme for the next 100 shows, hair memories. And I've got to say, if I was going to go to a barbershop today, um, I might like to have the beard done, but I would probably feel a bit shortchanged if I paid for a full haircut just to have my hair shaved or clippered. So um, I think are these think games going to be free play? Mm-hmm. I think they charge less for a hair shave. Okay. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I, I like the idea of this. I, I think... The idea of maybe on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon saying, okay, three or four of us will meet there for a, for a drink and a, a beard trim and a haircut. It's nice to get it done. You always feel, uh, when I trim my beard myself, it's fine. But if I go there, it's it's straight lines, it's neater. Uh, they spray something that smells nice on you. So, yeah, I, I, I think I like this. If you're in the area, if you're in the Gloucester area, then pop in, get your haircut, and let us know in the subreddit or the YouTube comments how it went. And thank you so much, John, for joining us for this special episode 100. I hope you'll join us again sometime in the future, but it's been great to catch up with you, John. So take care. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers, John. Bye. It's time now for our community question of the week from last week, in which we asked, well, we said next week is episode 100. Can't believe it. Well, here we are. Uh, believe it. Um, do, do you have any suggestions for things that we could change, add, keep the same for the next 100 shows? What would you like to see more of on the show? What would you like to see less of on the show? Not one of the hosts, please. And do you think we've got it just about right? Let us know your thoughts. So before we come on to your answers, um, and lots of you have participated and posted, oh, there's an awful lot of feedback there. So thank you to everyone who took part. Um, we'll, co- we'll come on to read those shortly. But 
as I mentioned earlier, some of our previous guests have recorded some videos for us. We've got about seven minutes worth of videos, I think. Um, so let's go now and see what they have to say. We'll come back to your thoughts. A great, great question, chaps. What I would like to see is the three of you take on each other in a custom league in Sensible World of Soccer. Play each other once and see who the champion is. I'd love to see that. I'm Ross, and when I'm not playing Rise of the Robots, I'm listening to This Week in Retro. <laughs> Seriously, guys, uh, I want to say congratulations on your 100th episode. It is a fantastic achievement, and I've been here with you every single week. Thoroughly enjoy the podcast. Um, what I would like to see over the next 100 episodes, hmm, that is an interesting question, but what I would like to see is one episode, just one episode, where every single game you talk about, Chris can say, I've played that. Looking forward to the next 100 episode, guys. G'day, Neil, Chris, Dave, Duncan. Congratulations on 100 episodes of This Week in Retro. And thank you for inviting me along to have a bit of fun with you guys on episode 69. I really enjoyed myself and it was an absolute blast. Chris asked me recently about what I'd like to see between now and episode 200. And... Uh, well, I have thought about it, and, well, there's 101 things I'd like to see. I'd like to see 100 more episodes, but I'd also like to see Duncan give us a face reveal. If I manage to reveal my face, Dunk, then so can you, mate. It's not as hard as you'd think. Thanks again for all the retro-themed entertainment over the last couple of years, guys and I look forward to seeing many more episodes in the future. Cheers, guys. Hey guys, this week in Retro, you're doing a fantastic job. I can't believe you've got to episode 100. You know, I enjoyed really coming on and I enjoy listening to it every single week as well. It's really good when I'm doing my ironing, so I can just do my ironing, get a bit of this week in Retro on. And yeah, it's, it's a momentous thing to get to episode 100. Um, I really enjoy the dynamic you guys have like there's there's a bit of kind of wisecracking and stuff between uh, the Amiga Atari and like the DOS stuff Neil really knows this kind of DOS and PC gaming stuff which is really cool to hear about I love uh, Chris's Amiga stories as well but also Dave kind of jibbing him a bit and uh, poking fun of it and uh, picking the more kind of unusual stories as well so it's it's a really nice dynamic and i think what i'd love to see before episode 200 would be you guys exploring systems that you don't know so i think that would be really cool maybe just total alien systems you could have an alien system episode where you go out and you know find new stories research and play on a few bits and kind of get out of your comfort zone that would be really good fun i'd love to see some like mac stuff and uh yeah just some systems that maybe weren't as popular in the kind of you know europe and uh australia region and stuff because uh, there's a lot of odd stuff out there but i enjoy listening so much and whatever you do i'm sure it'd be great so bring on episode 200 hiya fellas it's your boy amigo aaron just wanted to stop by to wish everyone at This Week in Retro a happy anniversary, 100 episodes, a brilliant feat. I've cut every single episode. It's my go-to show when I'm driving to and from prisons. Now, with all that said, every show has room for improvement. Trust me, I know this. And I think that one thing that would help the show greatly is more coverage 
of bad games. You guys cover the latest hotness. You guys cover all the gla the classics. But where's the coverage of the bad games? Where's the coverage of the games that nobody liked, that nobody bought, that people didn't have enough time to finish? These are the games that cry out for more attention. In fact, I'd like to see a room at the RMC Mill Museum dedicated to nothing but bad games. Sort of like the store, except in this store, all the games are on cutout, all the games are in a bargain bin, and lots of loose cartridges everywhere. I think the public would really dig it. Now, I would love to see the whole staff at This Week in Retro get together and vote down on the top 100 worst games of all time. There are plenty of them out there. Now, I don't want to influence the voting, but as I've played a lot of games over the years, I can safely say that there are plenty of bad games on all systems, but there can only be one top banana. I await that show for sure. Until then, again, happy 100th anniversary. Keep the ball rolling, gentlemen. And until next time, adios. Hey everyone, Me Machine Dean here. Hope you're well. Uh, I was asked to record a video for the uh, upcoming 100... Hmm, hang on a minute. Just... Um, there we go. So yeah, I was asked to record a video for the 100th episode, um, since I was a former guest on one of those episodes, which I'm incredibly proud of. Um, so yeah, uh, I think the podcast has been growing leaps and bounds. It's brilliant to see the community start to come together, and it's really starting to pick up some good growth, I think. Um, and it's a really nice, nice community. People are sharing ideas and um, some very interesting articles sometimes in the Reddit group. But the whole um, setup you guys have in my opinion works absolutely fantastic so really really well done and many congratulations on getting to that first 100 um what would i like to see going into the next 200 or next 100 episode to bring you to 200 well there's two things um first thing i'd like to see is a little bit of a live element so possibly some of the episodes being broadcast live um could bring some interesting results having people in live chat um but possibly you know some online gaming elements i don't know if maybe there's an online retro game or something of that extent that we could all collaborate and play together uh, as one big horde of this week in retro supporters um there must be something out there that can su supply us with the, the demands that we require um but that's that's one idea the second idea is for this man to play more games yes the fake aussie and uh, chris needs to play more games in my opinion because at the moment he's played um five games i think in his whole gaming uh, life i kid chris i kid um but it, what I mean is you could have a very interesting little five minute segment of somebody makes a suggestion of a game, you go through, I don't know, a hat or some sort of way of selecting that game, you pick it, you play it for five minutes and give your opinion on it, um, obviously with it being a retro game. So um, that way you get to build your repertoire of how many games you've actually played as well. So there you go. Um, so a couple of suggestions from me there. Um, but again, many congratulations on the first 100. I think it's absolutely superb what you've managed to achieve. And here's to the next 100 and let's get to that 200 mark. Anyway, from me, me, Machine Dean, I'm signing out. Take care, all. And thank you so much to our previous guests, James, Ross of the Robots, uh, Oz, Retro Comp, uh, Ravi, Ravi Abbott, Aaron, 
um, from Amigos Retro Gaming and Meme Machine Dean. Thank you so much for for that feedback. Uh, big thumbs up there from Dave. Uh, we've had some great guests, and you know we haven't had a huge number of guests on the show, but those that have been on have been great. Um, Dan Wood as well. We had Dan Wood on the show recently, as recently as uh, as last week. And um, well, I think Dave, you've been working on getting a few more guests for future shows, and they're not necessarily um, big names that we've picked. Some of them are big names. We've got we've got some very interesting guests coming along, but that doesn't really matter because we're all just sharing our opinions and our nostalgic memories um there's no right or wrong answers they're your own memories and it doesn't matter how famous you are or aren't it's just nice to hear all of those different opinions so i'm really pleased with what you've been working on dave and the guests that you've got lined up you've been working really hard on that um, and have worked hard on those previous guests but my word we've got some fun shows coming up for the for the next uh next hundred and beyond so i'm looking forward to that and now let's hear your answers to the, the very same question. So we'll dip into the subreddit now. And um, the first one is from Richard Shears. Uh, Chris, maybe you'd like to read that one out. Sure, Neil. Um, so Richard says, totally honest, this is my favourite podcast. Oh, thanks, Rich. Oh. Um, in fact, favourite show across the board. So what to change? Uh, make Dave's housekeeping a permanent feature? Maybe, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it seems to be. The week. Yeah, yeah, it does seem to be, doesn't it? Um, he also says the guest of the week is a nice addition as it allows another viewpoint with variety. I oh, appreciate this one always yeah, be possible. Great. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, as for the favourite, well, that's easy. The the hairiest amongst you, Johnny. <laughs> oh, where is Johnny? Johnny the cat. I will oh, summon Johnny. Davis. He'll be here oh, in seconds when he Johnny. Hears this. There he is. The treat jar is open, and here comes oh, Johnny. Here he comes a long day's Johnny, work top. Steals the show. To take a treat from his hand. So, for all the listeners, Dave's got a pussy on his desk. There we go. Um, seriously, yeah. though, uh, uh, the four of you work well together. Maybe Duncan can put in a guest appearance. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks, Rich. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's not for the lack of trying. Duncan, we will get you on here one day, but um, I think <laughs> it might take show 1000. It's going to have to be bigger than show 100 to get Duncan on here, but we'll keep working on him. <laughs> um, I'm going to give Richard a big upvote for that. Thank you, Richard. That was a really nice answer from you. Dave, do you want to read the next answer? Yeah, it's from Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky. You should take it in turns to lay down the gauntlet, choosing a game to challenge each other to a high score challenge nice. we could do that we could do that yeah, not week we to week i mean there's hardly any time in the week it is but yeah we can do that periodically a high score challenge maybe get other people involved in that i like that idea yeah it's a good well idea. we have um a new high score system here at the cave which um people seem to love we were updating it this weekend when we had a public day people keen to see their name up in lights i'm wondering if i can find a way to make that accessible on the web so that people can see what the cave high scores are and you know, maybe we could mention it on the show if somebody beats a high score or something like that. Um, the thing is, I know Chris is like me. If we're given a high score challenge, we will take that challenge on and we will become obsessed with it and we will lose all of our free time. Uh, free time, which I don't skid have. marks. Got that <laughs> right. Skid marks. marks. Exactly. So um, skid marks. it's a very dangerous jar to open that one, in my opinion. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the next answer comes from Senor Bai four four five, 
Uh, it says, your show is my current favorite Saturday morning cartoon for those of us who remember why that was a highlight of the week. I really like the different perspectives that the guests and hosts bring to the conversations, and it would be great to hear more global perspectives in the mix, North American, etc. Keep up the great work, guys. Does 100 episodes get you a letter from the monarch, or is that just birthdays? Um, <laughs> no letters, unfortunately. Uh, you make a good point there, actually. One of the the big um, attractions to me doing this show in the first place was John's involvement to get that North American perspective. And I love it when he comes on and anyone from North America comes on to give us that perspective because sometimes they just start talking about things assuming we would know about it like we do with them. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not our normal. Tell us all about that because, you know, that mm. sounds really different. That sounds really interesting. And I love it when really? that happens. So very keen to get any more North American guests on. Um, Dave, have we got any North American guests lined up? Three. Ooh, At least yeah. three. At yeah. least three. Perfect. And um, guests from anywhere else in the world as well. So um, there you go. Um, looking forward to those. And there are lots of other great answers from Generation Pixel, Lurkio78, 77, Pajaco6502, who has probably been with us from the start. Um, yes. Making comments. Great to have you here. Dr. Local, uh, CRG. Hello, Glenn. There with a comment. Chris. Don't read out you Glenn's. No, I wasn't going to read out another one, but I just want to say, go back to the one you read out, Neil, I just want to say that it's such a huge, I see that as a massive compliment when people say it's something like it's their Saturday morning cartoon. Um, and yeah, quite a few people that. have had similar comments. Uh, I have the same yeah. sentiment when I listen to what watch certain YouTube channels on a Sunday morning is when I chill. And it's that same feeling. It really takes you back to being a teenager. So that to me is just a massive, massive compliment that that is how we fit into their lifestyle. It's fantastic. So thanks for that. It really is. It really is. The reason why I didn't want Chris, Chris to read out CRG's comment, Glenn's comment, is it says, favourite host has to be Chris. Oh, <laughs> right, that one gets a damn vote. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Oh, nice. Well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you to everyone who submitted um, an answer to that question and to our previous guests who sent in their videos. I hope you enjoyed listening to those. And uh, it's time now for our question of the week for next week, which Dave will now read out. Next week is episode 101. So thinking about room 101, if you could break into room 101 and take out something that you think people would be in a hurry to put in room 101, what would you take back out? What? Would it be I an Amstrad GX4000? Would it be, I've... what unpopular item would you rescue? Oh, I get it. I was really confused by that. It was like, if you could break into room 101 and take something else that's been put into room 101... What right. would you rescue from Room 101? Right, so Shall we're we not try putting, again. Right, we're not putting terrible things into Room 101. No, we're that, taking that, out. That's passy. Yes. Right. What would right. you take out that is widely considered to be yeah. an unpopular retro item? Yeah. Oh, what yeah. would you rescue right. from Room 101? That's a good right. question. Yeah. I've so, got what has that. an unfair, yeah, nice. in your opinion, an unfairly bad retro reputation, nice. and why? Why? Why do you like it? Okay. Are we going to leave that? As, I don't think we need to edit that. That's as yeah, clear that's as much. Fine. Duncan needs to put it into, into writing when he right. puts it on the subreddit, but that's his problem. <laughs> <laughs> Make that work, Duncan. This is Duncan's <laughs> ultimate test nice. show 100. <laughs> word for as word, always, Duncan, thank you word to, for uh, <laughs> Thank you to everyone for listening to us, for uh, making us your Saturday morning cartoon. And um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. And we'll see you next week for Room 101 the reversal of room 101 see you then take care with a guest oh with a guest bye bye, bye, -bye. see ya 
This Week in Retro was presented by Neil from RMC The Cave, Chris from 005 Agima, and Dave. It was produced by me, Duncan Styles. The podcast version of the show is available through your favourite podcaster, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the video version is available on the This Week in Retro YouTube channel. Join our community subreddit at r slash thisweekinretro to suggest and vote on the stories we cover on the show. If you watch This Week in Retro on YouTube, please give us a like and subscribe to help us reach new viewers. If you enjoy our show and would like to support it, then please check out the link to our Patreon page in the show notes or description. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time for more up-to-date news for out-of-date tech.